Hello and welcome to the 4D Athletes Podcast. But before we get started, click the link in the YouTube channel uh, to check out our course on how to build courage with your kids. It's a free three-day course for any kids 7 to 11 to help them develop courage and what courage is, what it looks like, and how they can become more courageous in their life. Now, let's get started with the 4D Athletes Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the 40 Athletes Podcast. I'm your co-host Jason Holzer along with my good buddy Jimmy Huber. Jimmy, good morning to you. Good morning, you too. Today we got a local uh, guy from Kansas City, went to Shawnee Mission West High School. Um, I was there whenever he was playing his junior and senior year. And I will say, not only was he one of the most gifted athletes I've ever been around, but also one of the best teammates I've been around. He was a true leader whenever he was there. And he's now a national track, he's a track national champion. He's an assistant coach at Pitt State, and he's a five-time All-American and founder of Chase Your Greatness. So, Jimmy, I know you've been around a lot of great athletes as well, but one of the differentiators is, like, are they great people? And that's what we have today. Well, as you mentioned there, I think anyone can learn how to be a great teammate. And when you have individuals that are great teammates, those individuals can get opportunities to be on teams, even if they're not the most skilled, most athletic individuals. So, I think there's something to learn from Lewis here that people can take to help them be able to do things they want to do in their life by, again, being a great teammate. Yeah, and, you know, he not only played basketball at Division II level, he also ran track. So he's a two-sport college athlete, which, I mean, playing uh, sports in college with one is amazing, but being two is pretty hey, By impressive. the way, all these Sean Mitchell West, like, graduates, I mean, you got Lewis Rollins, it's a legend. You got Jay Sudeikis. You got – I mean, all these individuals from West, the Viking land, man, they just they just come out, right? No, that's why they say West is best. That's what that's what the moniker is in Shawnee Mission. So uh, we're going to bring uh, Lewis on here today and talk about it. So, Lewis, good morning to you, man. Welcome from, uh, you said, sunny Virginia Beach today, huh? Yep, yep. Out in Virginia Beach this morning. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Well, you know, it's uh, as I watched you play and then move on, and then I kind of followed you on social media, seeing what you're doing. You got a lot of other things besides track that you're trying to positively influence people with. So, you know, tell us the story behind, like, where did you come up with Chase Your Greatness? Like, what's it mean to you? What's the deeper purpose behind, you know, you being a track athlete than just running track and winning national championships? I feel like it means more to you than just that. Yeah, so for me, sports – you know, they've, they've always just been an avenue for me to, you know, have a platform and be able to impact other people or, or, you know, build character within myself, but also have an impact on other people. But the Chaser Greatness as, you know, a brand and a mantra, it's kind of weird because I didn't really like plan on doing that. Um, and then my brother was always pushing me, hey, you need to start your own brand. You need to do this, this and this. I'm just like, yeah, I, that's not really who I am. Like, I don't want to start a brand, but even in high school, like, um, Mantras were a big thing, you know, with Andre Maloney, his MIB and uh, his his um his own little I wouldn't call it a brand, but it really was. And it had an impact on on that whole school. Um, so I don't know. The, the chase of greatness just just came about. And it's something every day in practice. I'll tell our teammates, hey, today's a great day to be great. And for some reason, the word great was just something that I always use. So then chase your greatness was just something I picked up along the way when I started to realize it's like you have to have the journey to be great you can't just be great everything you know just hey we're great but it has to be a journey and, and along the way you have to chase chase that greatness so i don't know it's kind of a long story but 
that's kind of how it, how it started. It was my brother really pushing me to start a brand, and, and the word great was something I always use as an athlete. So, Hey, Lewis, when you get in, you think about, like, athletics and developing culture and coaches come in and they're like, okay, they might have core values and words they define, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to be respectful, right? Whatever it might be. Um, and they define it. So like greatness, you know, when you're working with athletes, because great and greatness can be defined or maybe perception of what it is for different people. How do you define that for athletes? Like what greatness looks like and how do they go about achieving that greatness? Right. Yeah. Great question. Um, I think it's if you can go look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and you know you've put your best foot forward with whatever you're doing. I think you're chasing your greatness. You know, if you know you're giving 100 percent effort on whatever task that's at hand, um, that's to me, that's like the biggest thing that you can do. So no matter the results, no matter wins or losses, if you can look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I, I gave everything I had. And I think, you know, maybe you didn't achieve what you think is great at that point, but I think in the future you can achieve that greatness if every day you put your best foot forward and you're giving, you're giving that effort and you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. So, you know, Lewis, there was a lot of times that you were been tasked as a leader of the team, whether maybe in college or high school and coaches would look to you to either rally the troops or even like challenge some people um, that were maybe not giving their best or that, that, you know, coaches could see like, Hey, they could be a lot better. And talk about like the importance of being a great teammate and drawing greatness from others. And that might be telling your peers something they may not want to hear, but what they need to hear. Can you talk about like the courage it takes to be able to do that, especially in high school when, yeah. you know, you're all just trying to, like have your friends, your groups, but to get where you want to go, sometimes you got to push people beyond their limits. Mm -hmm. So I think the hardest part of that is making sure that you're once again, looking yourself in the mirror, making sure you're right. So if you're not doing the things right and you're not, you know, leading by example, it's hard to say anything to anyone. So I think it, it starts within first. You have to make sure that you're you're doing all the things, you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's before you can be a great leader. Um, so from from then, it's easy to lead by example when when you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. Um, and that's and that's kind of was my leadership style. Just you know, lead by example. If I'm doing everything I need to do and I'm I'm busting my tail every day at practice, it's easy to pull someone along and say, Hey, come on, like you can do this too. So that, that was kind of my, my leadership style. And, and still to this day, that's kind of just how I approach it is I make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. And it's easy to pull guys along and, and motivate that way. Is there ways to, you know, you hear a lot, Lewis, about leadership. And it's about like when people know that you care and they trust you, they're willing to be led by you. Mm -hmm. Is that things that maybe as a, you know, you're a teammate or you see coaches, is there ways that individuals should go about like building that trust and, and showing that you truly care before you're trying to maybe hold them accountable or lead them in a certain direction. hundred percent. So like my opening statement, basically like sports being bigger than just sports. So it's about life and creating that rapport and creating those relationships is a crucial part of any leadership and in any team is, you know, you got, you have to like each other first. You have to care about each other outside of sports, outside of, you know, basketball court, a, a track or a football field. So building that trust and having genuine relationships is, is very key in, um, in leadership, no matter, no matter what realm of life we're in. There's certain strategies that you, you've used as a teammate or you've seen coaches use that really help like build that togetherness and build that connection uh, with a team, things that you suggest that people could do as well. Yeah. For me, it's food. I always, you know, bring the guys when I was in college, 
have the guys over, cook them dinner, cook up some steaks uh, when I could afford it. <laughs> um, I used to bake cookies every every meet, every track meet. PR cookies is what we call them. And if you you had a personal record that day, you get a cookie that I, I baked. They're forty eight hour cookies, so this was like hard work that I put in to bake these cookies. So uh, people really appreciated that, and it and it's just you know. People love food. People bond over food, and that's a you know easy way to start a conversation, talk, and get to know someone beyond just sports and in the everyday life that you see them. Especially when you're inviting guys over to your house and, and you're sharing a meal together. So that was a big one for me when I was in college. I think you mentioned back on the greatness part, and and possibly this is be the leadership aspect of it is you focus on the greatness aspect of telling an athlete maybe you're leading is like give your best, you know, do the best you can. And so many times you see like in athletics, we focus on the outcomes, right? You know, we focus on the scoreboard, right? And we don't focus so much on the processes and what we can learn and grow, how we can get better. And knowing that even if we lost something, it could be a good thing for us right. to help us grow to become better. Can you kind of speak to that aspect of it? Yeah. So, I mean, I, with track and field, I think it being, with it being an individual sport, I think you can learn more about processes and stuff like that. So there was a lot of times where, you know, I would feel good, have a good race, but I would still lose. And then I would beat myself up. Even when if I, you know, ran the fastest I've ever ran in my life, I would still be like, ah, I, but I lost. And I wasn't appreciating that process of even becoming better. So I was getting better and, and running times that I never ran before. And I would still just be upset. So throughout that, I learned to, you know, enjoy the process. And I think that's where that chasing your greatness came from. It's like you have to enjoy the, the process along the way, enjoy the ups and the downs. And you can take you know, lessons from the wins and the losses, but especially, you know, when you see yourself improving personally, you can't be down on yourself and you can't take that um, negatively, even if you, you know, the, the outcome isn't what you want, but you still have to just enjoy that process and enjoy yourself becoming yeah, better. I, I do want to ask you this though, track sports, you see in Olympics, like they can train for like four years and they're training for one race. Right. And the race could last 10 seconds. Right. And all of a sudden they lose or they don't, you know, succeed the level they want to. How do you get over that? I mean, seriously, I got all that training for 10 seconds. I don't accomplish the goal I want. How do you bounce back? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just taking that retrospective approach and, you know, zooming out on yourself. Like it's not always just about you. You know, like sometimes we're just so narrow minded and, and see one vision of just, you know, living through our own perspective that we don't zoom out and just see how blessed we are to be athletes, to be a professional athlete and get paid to, to participate in the sport. Like, yes, the outcome might not be what it is, but if we just zoom out and, and you realize that we're here for a bigger cause and it's bigger than just the sport we play, you can still have an impact and you can still win in the game of life, even if you lose a race, you know? So that's kind of the approach I take if I ever have, you know, that bad meet where it's like, ah, I didn't perform how, how I wanted to. It's bigger than just the sport we play. So that's just kind of my perspective on it. And I like to kind of zoom out and see that I'm having a bigger impact on the world than if I win a race. And then the sport of track and field, you know, like it's not a very popular sport. It's not monetized as much as other sports. So it's like people won't even know. <laughs> and five years from now, no one's going to remember who won the 110 hurdles at the 2012 Olympics. Like you guys couldn't tell me. I know you couldn't. I don't even think I can remember. You said that was my first guess. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, no. well, okay. Well, in, you know, Lewis, you mentioned something earlier that I want to talk about. And you said, enjoy the downs and enjoy the ups. Now, it's really easy to enjoy the ups, right? That's, right. that's pretty simple. But 
how do you enjoy the downs? Like, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, a lot of times whenever I've had my down moments, like trying to find enjoyment in that in the moment is really tough. Like I've had to be reflective about like, oh, that was what I had to learn to get to there. Is that kind of what you mean by enjoy the downs? Like there's a lesson underneath there right. or something like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. So beauty and the struggle, like, you know, we're all, we're all going to go through it. it. Life's never just one constant high and just riding that. So I think it's, it's beauty and being able to struggle and overcome that. Um, it, it just makes the story greater. It makes, it makes, you know, that's what almost makes life fun. It's like, it's not always just that high. You have, you have obstacles to overcome and that, that's what makes it, makes it interesting and keeps it fresh. Well, I would also say too, you know, like, you makes your bigger accomplishments, your high even better, knowing that you've had some downs, you've yeah. had to persevere. You know, it didn't always go your way, right? But when it does, it makes it even like more like fulfilling, right? Because exactly. you stuck with it. Is that kind of also what you would say? Yep, yep, exactly. And in, in in my personal career, I've had that a lot. You know, I I was in college for seven years, two red shirt years for knee surgeries, and then a COVID year where everything got shut down. And it wasn't until my seventh year in college where I, you know, could stand on top of the podium and be a national champion. And it's like that made all the struggle worth it. And that and that's kind of kind of how I feel about it. It's like if it was easy, if it would have just happened my freshman year, it wouldn't have been as enjoyable to stand on top of that podium and, and be a national champion with my team teammates as well. So it just it makes it makes it fulfilling, like you said. How do you get, say, like you said, seven years having obstacles, challenges, don't work out the way you want. And people are going through life and been beaten down. And they have maybe a vision of what they want to do or what they want to become, but they don't really believe it. And they're not willing to maybe like dream, create visions mm -hmm. of this great future. Um, what do you say to them about, hey, listen, maybe let the past be the past. Here's where you're at today and how you can go about looking for a brighter future, creating a vision, setting goals, and going after them? Yeah, so that's a great question and funny that you asked because I talk with my significant others often about it. Like, I create a goal, but it's hard for me to envision, you know, what that's going to look like to get there. So my advice is just one day at a time, put one foot in front of the other and, and set yourself up, set a goal, but then make sure every single day when you wake up, you're, you're doing the things you're supposed to do. And oftentimes when we set those goals and we envision what we want in life, it rarely happens. Like how many times do you actually envision something and it happens the exact way that you planned it? Like, I think that's very rare. And I think we can have goals, but what we need to do is just make sure every single day when we wake up, we're doing everything right to, to try and go achieve those. And I think it's just taking it one day at a time, maybe even one minute at a time throughout the day and just realizing, hey, I, I need to make sure I'm setting myself up to be in a better position um, maybe, you know, a week down the road or maybe a month down the road. And at the end of the day, we'll be where we want to be. Even if it's not what we envisioned, we're going to be in a better position than, what, than when we started. So I think it's just taking it one day at a time and, and one step and one foot in front of the other. And I think we'll, the outcome will be what, what we want. Now, there's a there's a coach out there named Alan Stein, and he talks about you can have habits and dreams and you need to change your habits to make your dreams come true or change your dreams based on your habits. And I know. For yourself to be national championship, you had to have champion. You had to have great habits, great routines. Talk about how you've developed a habit. How you, you know, what are some of the routines that you feel like have been really helping you achieve that success? Because, like you mentioned, one day at a time. But what are the things that you're doing daily to make sure those dreams have a possibility of becoming a reality? Yeah, 
it's a lot easier as an athlete. You know, when you have to, you're going to practice every day. And if you just show up to practice and make sure you're doing what you're doing to practice, it's, it's a lot easier. Um, but one of the things along the way, the process that helped me was just writing everything down. So, you know, I have a whiteboard in my, my bedroom where I have my, my goals for the year or maybe my goals for, you know, short term goals written down and something that I visualize every day. Then also um, I had a like a notebook that I have every day at practice, you know, writing down what I want to accomplish at practice, having the goals that I want to accomplish every day I step on the track. And then also um, I do a reflection after each practice. What did I do? What did I, you know, did I achieve my goal for the day? Um, you know, and then I also have like analytics and everything for track base. But yeah, just writing things down and visualizing it and putting pen to paper and it's almost you know, if you speak those words, it, it, it'll come true. What do you what do you tell like the athletes? Because you know how it is like developing habits is key and you want to develop like positive habits. And sometimes they talk about it can take anywhere. It depends. The research, the studies you look at anywhere from almost like 30 days to 60 something days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how it is sometimes the bad habits can get in the way. Right. And we all have like a bad habit. Um, what is the ways like you talk to athletes about, hey, looking at your life? And understanding maybe a bad habit you have is getting in the way. How do you go about maybe getting them to change that to more of a positive habit? Yeah, accountability accountability is a, is a big thing, and just being accountable to yourself. I mean, that's kind of one of the hardest things. As not only an athlete, but as a person in this world, just staying accountable to, to the dreams you set and, and the goals you set. So I really think writing it down is has been key for me because once I put it on paper and I do it constantly, you know, if I'm writing something down on paper every day of what I want to achieve kind of hard for you to lose that focus and, and create those bad habits when it's like, no, I'm setting this out basically in stone in my mind. You know, so it's like, if I'm setting this out every single day and I go do something that's not conducive to what I just wrote on the paper, my moral confidence is going to tell me, oh, that's, <laughs> you're not, you're not doing what you just wrote down. So it's uh you also, you mentioned you visualize, right? So you know, that's a that's a key thing to success is seeing yourself using your imagination to see success first in your mind right so yeah. how have you trained your mind to see that success and how have you seen that go from what's in your mind to your physical reality like have you seen a significant increase in your success because of your visualization like what's your process for visualization how has it worked for you, you dive yeah, into so that? my visualization is very short term so it's things that you know i can almost get up and control either today or tomorrow. So I don't really visualize too far down the road where I can't directly have an impact. So I like to visualize. So let's say I have a practice tomorrow or, or a test or something like that. And I know I can visualize myself having success in that short term moment where I can control that. Um, that's really helped for me because I'm, I'm, you know, impacting what I can go out and do um, in a pretty quick span of time. So like, it's very hard for me to try to visualize um two years from now or like a year from now, the next Olympics, or I'm trying to visualize myself there. That's very hard for me to do. But when I can take, you know, sit down and close my eyes before a practice in 20, 30 minutes, and that really helps when it's like, okay, I'm visualizing myself, have a great practice. And I think if you do that time and time and again, um, the goals will come and you'll be where you want to be, you know, in a year or five years from now. And that short term vision will be, be the one that you want it to be um, before you know it. It sounds like too, Lewis, you know, you talk about, you know, as, as coaches working with athletes, we're talking about, you know, prepare your mind and body before you work out, right. before you practice. So like 
visualizing like running the race in your mind, running the game in your mind, right? You've already done it. And they talk about the power of that subconscious mind that controls your body. Um, have you seen yourself when you like visualize at times or seeing yourself at a certain time or accomplishing something? Do you see that like, oh my God, that actually happened the way that I envisioned? Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot like on, on race days or it's almost happened for my teammates more than me. So like I'll have a dream or a vision for my teammates or like, and the exact time pops up and they run that exact time. Like that's actually happened uh, last indoor national championships actually for like a couple of my teammates. So I really think there there's power to it. Um, and it's very beneficial to just, you know, visualize yourself doing and executing things perfectly the way, the way you want to do it. You're on mute. Jim. <laughs> you, you talk about, you go in and talk about like, the habits and you talk about visualizations, one of them, one thing I hear a lot, you know, and you talk about like time management and you can't manage time. You got to manage like tasks. And it sounds like you, do you talk about with your athletes and even yourself scheduling your day out of your workouts? And this is when you're going to study and this, when you're going to do this, is that something that you talked about is being efficient with their time throughout the day? Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, with the college athletes, it, it's not as as hard with just be, with the classes being, you know, shorter. Like in high school, I think that was almost the hardest part when you're in school all day and then you have to go to practice and then get home. Like I think high school athletics was almost harder than, than college athletics um, and managing that time. So with the college athletes, it's just them being smart with their time and making sure they're, they're staying eligible <laughs> is the hardest part. Um, but I think it's usually when they're in practice and in the facility, they're pretty locked in and they're, and they're doing the tasks they need to do, um, at least here at Pitt, Pittsburgh State. And maybe that's where some of that success comes is once we're in that, that, that building and we're in the plaster center, we're pretty locked in and focused. The hardest part for them is just making sure we're doing the, the little things outside of, outside of track and staying eligible and doing the schoolwork. But I think our high school athletics time management is, is almost a lot harder. You know, last thing I want to talk about the visualization piece, though, Lewis, like a lot of people will visualize themselves being successful, but you found a way to visualize your teammates being successful as well. Like talk about like how much that has helped your the team of like, you know, not only visualizing myself being successful, but also seeing other people. Because a lot of times, again, when we visualize, we only see ourselves. But right. talk about the importance of like, you know, talking about, hey, man, I saw you in my, you know, and have your teammates been like, what are you talking about, Lewis? Or like, were they weirded out about that? Were they like excited about that? Can you talk about it? Yeah, yeah. They usually get pretty excited. I don't know. So then I'll tell, you know, so-and-so, hey, I saw you. You're going to run like an 840 today. And then um, we'll have another teammate like, dude, I'm ready for you to have a vision about me or have that dream about me. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, it kind of became a thing last year. But I don't know. I think that's just goes back to being a good leader it's like it's not always about you and just being a, a good person honestly it's not you know like sports are so much bigger than just ourselves and our own success and I think that's what's cool about it when we can actually tap into that realm of it's bigger than me and, and being a part of a team and especially in a, a sport like track and field where it really is an individual sport but at the end of the day we still come together and we score our points as a team so it's having those athletes who can be selfless and, and come together as a team in an individual sport that's it's very cool to see when that actually happens so you know i push more track athletes to hey buy into the team and i think good things come for for yourself as well when that happens well you think about that like the power of the spoken word when like you're going up to an athlete and you're like hey jason 
I, I, I visualized, I saw last night, you're going to run an 8.2, 8.5. Like, really? I mean, and right. they start to probably right. believe it. Yeah. Think yeah. like, oh man, I'm going to run an 8.5, right? And, and you're establishing belief in them, having them think maybe things they don't even think they can accomplish. Yeah. Yep. That happens too. Yeah, What's cool. uh going into that? Like, you know, one of the things I feel like when you talk about, you know, chasing greatness, right. And going after it. Um, a lot of times being a leader, right. Of a team can be hard being a captain because sometimes you got to call people out. Like Jason said earlier, you, you got to do things a certain way, or maybe the way you work out, the way you practice is different. Right. And it can be awkward because some kids or teammates don't want that, or maybe we'll talk negatively about you or, you know, joke or I make fun of you or whatever it is. How do you talk to athletes that are leaders to go after greatness and not worry about what other people are thinking and saying? Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be, I think if you know you're doing the right thing, it's, it's something that you can like, once again, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, I know I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm holding myself to the highest standard and I'm holding my teammates around me to the highest standard because I can do that because, you know, I have that integrity of knowing I'm doing everything right. And I think that's something when you want to become a leader or you are that leader and you have those doubts, that's something that you have to hold dearly to yourself. It's like, Hey, I have the, my, the, the best interest at heart for everyone who's, who's involved. And I think that's very key to just, you know, don't worry about the negative comments when you know that you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do and you have a positive energy every single day and, and you have the best interest of heart at heart for everyone. So it's something that you just have to go to sleep at night knowing like, Hey, there's no shame in what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make everyone around me better. Do you talk to your athletes and kind of individuals that are leaders about who you hang out with as who you become that association brings upon assimilation? Like, watch out who you hang out with, who you're spending time with and think about that because who you hang out with is kind of what you're going to become. So maybe you're hanging out with people who are going to help you get to where you want to be. Yeah. Luckily we don't, I don't really have that problem. You know, everyone on our track team kind of just hangs around each other and that we have great character guys. We have almost everyone who who's striving to be that leader, striving for their own, their own greatness and, and they want to be successful. So Luckily, that's not a conversation I've had to have with any of our uh, college athletes here just because everyone, you know, we have one common goal here. And that's kind of kind of a great thing to see. And we have a, a phenomenal culture here already. Um, so it's just trying to maintain that culture and making sure we we're, we're keep bringing in those right culture fits for for our program. And I think it's just going to continue to grow. And and luckily, like I said, we haven't really had that problem yet. So you, you've mentioned character several times. And, and I tell athletes, a lot of high school young kids, like when you get into high school and you're trying to play in college, college coaches are looking for kids that are high character, looking for kids that are good academically, right? They trust in classroom, look for individuals that, again, are, you know, good teammates and that. And you have to be skilled. I mean, you got to be good at a particular sport that they see that. But somebody can be really athletic. Somebody can be gifted, but they have a bad attitude or they have bad character and they don't get recruited or maybe they're not good in the classroom. Can you speak to that and help kids understand how important these other things are to be able to be recruited at the college level? Yeah, I think being well-rounded as, a, as an individual is huge. Um, even myself personally, I wasn't recruited highly for basketball coming out of high school. And I think being that high character guy and, you know, I had a three, seven or something like that out of high school. And, and you know, I kind of just did everything the right way and, um, went on an unofficial visit to Pitt State and showed them my highlights and 
you know, we just had a meeting and he liked the way I conducted myself. He liked the way I, I could sit there and have a conversation with him. And my highlights weren't terrible, but <laughs> I never played AAU ball. So I, I wasn't recruited highly for basketball at all. And, and I think just being someone he knew he could rely on and he didn't know my work at the, at the time, but he knew I was a good classroom guy, um, good character guy and, and just, you know, somewhat athletic. So he was willing to take a take a chance on me and, and brought me in um, to be a part of the team. And that, I think my story alone can speak um, volumes to what it means to be, you know, well-rounded and do everything the right way. You always I think you'll always find yourself um, getting that opportunity that you're seeking. So, Jimmy, a Division II basketball player that never played AAU basketball. That's a pretty, like, you know, most well, time. The thing about this, too, though, like, Lewis, this speaks to it is you kind of were an advocate for yourself. Yeah. Right. How many kids out there and people out there be like, oh, my coach, you know, didn't do anything for me. High school kind of got screwed. This situation happened, whatever. And they blame like you went after it and went down and brought yep. the tape, had yep. a meeting, sat down, showed what value you could bring. Like you made the opportunity for yourself. Yep. Huge. And I, it's the same thing I'm I'm almost experiencing with my professional track and field career now. I don't I don't have an agent. I'm getting into these professional meets. I was over in Europe. I don't have an agent. And people are like, how are you getting into these meets? I'm like, I, I, I'm betting on myself. I don't know. I'm putting my best foot forward. I'm emailing meet directors. And like I said, I think when you're doing the right things and, and you're pursuing the dream the correct way, these opportunities are going to pre- present itself. And it's, I think it's really a testament to just making sure you're doing the right things and having that high character, good character person. And I think opportunities are going to be there no matter what. Yeah. Hey, Lewis, I do have a question for you, though, on this. So you mentioned you've been emailing meet directors and you've been getting yourself out there before you've done that. Is there like I know you don't have an agent, but is there individuals that you've talked to that you've asked questions that you've gotten information or maybe you modeled certain things they've done by studying and you've applied yourself in your own life that's helping you do these things? Uh, yeah, there's probably, you know, a few books out there just, you know, character wise. Um not really anyone in the in the track realm that I could really say that I I know who and I think that's maybe one of the problems. There's not too many um, Division two athletes who pursue a professional track and field, so that's kind of kind of just you know something that I want to kind of be a trailblazer for, and especially some of the guys we have coming up on this team that I think they have the potential to to follow in the same footsteps. But you know I read some books and stuff that just kind of kind of help me with my character and, and you know just living the right way. I would say, Jimmy, leaders are readers. So that's a asking that, Lewis. What what are some of the best books you've read that you can like tell like certain athletes out there? Like, hey, here's three three books that I would tell you that you should read. What what were your top three be? Uh, so can't hurt me by David Goggins is a great like motivational. Um, it's not. I wouldn't call it so much of a character book, but it's it's one that's going going to light a fire under you. Um, well, five levels of leadership is a great one. And then um, Outliers um, by Malcolm. Malcolm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outliers was a really good one, too. Very cool. Well, you know, Lewis, we always finish the every episode with a, like four questions. You got a last little bit of insight. And you mentioned this earlier about the game of life and winning it. And so our first question actually is, is this, in your opinion, what's it mean to win in the game of life? Yeah. Um, I think just being a good person, honestly, 
no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, just making sure you're being a good person. Um, and, you know, I'm faith driven. So, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe living the right way, no matter no matter what's happening, um, is always very important. And putting your best foot forward, looking yourself in the mirror, and you know, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. Living with that integrity is is very important. Um, and just doing what makes you happy, honestly. And I think if you can do those two two things, really living with a purpose, living living to make yourself happy and doing the right things, then that's kind of the game of life. Things work out, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, number two, if you could spend time with anyone you admire in sports, alive, passed away, fictional, non-fictional, who would you pick and why would you choose them? I got two answers for this question. I think I'll choose LeBron James um, just because based off when he was in high school, the expectations that was put on him athletically to be this, you know, the next, the chosen one, as you would say, and for him to surpass those expectations and then live the right life off the court. So you've never seen a headline of LeBron James was, you know, in somewhat troubled at this, this, and this, like that just has never happened in his 20 plus years of professional sports. And I think that's very amazing with that spotlight that he had on him since he was 16 years old. Um, and then athletically, I, I probably would choose Kobe just with that Mamba mentality and just see what a, you know, the everyday life of Kobe Bryant really looked like with that, that grit, that intensity um, as an athlete is something that I think would be pretty cool just to see him get up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. and go work out and, and see what that's really about. And not to get off track, I know we got a full in the course, but Kobe, um, I saw this the other day. So when he was on the Olympic team and he came in and Coach K was coaching it, he walked in. He said, "Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, want to guard the best player. I want to guard the best player." So yeah. he's like, he's guarding LeBron. He's guarding like some of the best players, and he don't even score. I mean, he had, he had you know fifty point games that year, whatever. It wasn't even scoring. Didn't even take shots. He just defended. And they were talking about like Coach K was so amazed by this, but he was showing how you can like sacrifice you as maybe an offensive player, betterment of the team, but you can create value on the defensive end for this team in a certain way. And it like, you know, Coach K and some of the coaches were like, they're amazed how Kobe went about this, like yeah. trying to be an example for others to understand we got to sacrifice. Right. You got to do these other things really well. And just like stories of that of Kobe, you're like, oh man, that's yeah. And any real basketball player knows any when the best player on the team is sitting down and guarding the entire game, just that level of respect that 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 gains for the entire team and how much effort that just takes to just sit yeah. down and guard somebody, the best player mm -hmm. on the opposite team for an entire game. So I think that's a, a big way to gain respect as well. Just doing the doing the dirty work that nobody really wants to do or likes to do. Yeah. Question number three is what's the best advice you received from a coach you've, you know, played for or worked for? Um, focus on detail. So just being very detail oriented, especially in a sport like track and field that's um, so technical. So I think just really dialing in on that detail, dialing in on the craft and, and being, you know, just a master of your craft is very important no matter what, what you're doing. Um, so I think just that level of focus and, and you know, mentally being there. Um, is just as important as being there physically. Kind of like all the little things matter, right? Yeah. What you do. Yeah. That type of stuff. And then the last question is if, you know, say you're, you're recruiting at Pitt State, you're bringing somebody in your program, and that track athlete could have one character trait or life skill, what would it be and why? Uh, that integrity. Um, you're going, you know, if you bring someone in with that integrity, they know 
you're going to know as a coach that they care just as much as you um, when they have that that character trait of of going home every day, knowing that they did the best they could do, um, even when no one's watching. That's what they always say. Right. So I think just banking on someone who who believes in themselves and carry that carry that value within them um, is someone that you can trust as a coach when you know. I don't have to. I don't have to keep my eyes on that person every every second of yeah. the day. I know they're going to get the job done. You kind of trust them, and almost what they say they're going to do, they're going to exactly. do exactly. Right? Yep. It goes back to you know you can't go wrong when you do what's right. You know so. Uh, well, Lewis, you know again, it's been great having you on today. Thank you for joining us. How can people learn more about yourself, chase your greatness? Where can they find you? Uh, give a little bit more about how we can connect with with Lewis Rollins. Yeah, so I'm trying to be more active on the social medias. Um, I do a pretty good job of updating my Instagram at Lou Rollins is is the is the at, and that's kind of where my whole Chase Your Greatness um, platform is is as well. So, and I have a website LouRollins.com. Okay, now is Chase Your Greatness is that a track play on words? Is that did you mean for that, or is that just kind of how it happened? No, yeah, I didn't even think about it. No, yeah, it just kind of happened that way. Okay. Um, I was just curious if that was like a track, you know, connection, chase your greatness, track athlete, you know. So I just, yeah. Um, yeah, we cool, can play man. off that. <laughs> it fits well. I was just curious if yeah. that's how, what you thought of. Like, so, um, well, again, Lewis, you know, best of luck to you moving forward um, as a coach, as an athlete, as a person. Um, you know, I was excited to have you on again today and share your insights and wisdom, man. And we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, Jim, I got to say thanks for putting me in with the Shiny Mission West greats. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's legendary. I mean, I, I'm going to be walking through Shiny Mission West, having my youth playing tournaments over there, and look at it like, man, there's Lewis right there. Oh, Chasing Greatness. I said, thank you, and the others right there. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, have a good one, Lewis. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Lewis. Take care. Well, Jimmy, it was fun having him on. You know, it's so for a young guy in his mid twenties, he's got a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom, a lot of great. You know, something that young athletes can really learn for, and that's why I was excited to have him on today. Well, you're geeked up because you coached him, you've been around him, you're part of like mentoring. I mean, Lewis back in the day. I will say, I was you're excited. You're like, yeah, I got, I got individual on, and I, I've coached him. I worked around him, and he's doing this and that of it. Let's go. I would say I was more of a reserve. You know, I was around him a little bit, but I had all those freshmen to take care of. But it was cool to, to point to Lewis and say, hey, you know what? See, if it's good enough for him, it should be good enough for you as freshmen. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, Jimmy, it was uh, it was fun. Hey, by the way, next week, have a great spring break. And uh, we'll be on shortly after you get back. So Sounds enjoy good, your rest Jason. of the week.